Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, our weekly show for all things Nintendo on IGN. My panel this week are the illustrious Lily. Hello. The Brian. The Brian. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. And the Zach. 
The the one and only. We didn't get <laughs> cool names. What? The f- no, nothing like that. Uh, Philip actually can't be here this week. He is uh, on assignment covering. That's right. The lab uh, yeah, we actually have some live satellite feed. I don't know if we want to run this. We have that. Philip is in New York so, City at the lab. Oh yeah, oh, there he is. <laughs> this, is yeah. this is this is awesome. There's that man. Oh, he's wearing new underpants. This That's is, right. Okay, so is that the piano? No, this is the motorcycle. Oh, that's the motorcycle. Okay. I should have figured um, that out. Right? And he actually sent he actually sent me a couple of text messages. He wanted mm-hmm. to relay some information about his experience with Lava. There he is. There, the, the robot suit on. So Philip is just having an awesome <laughs> time in New York. He's uh, the right. first person at IGN to go hands on with the Lava. So I'm really excited here comes to my personal yesterday. favorite. Let's see what this one is. Oh, oh. it's doing a fish. If you're listening to this show and you're not watching it on IGN or YouTube, uh, which you really should do, um, imagine a, a grown man <laughs> playing with, with a, a cardboard yeah. strapped to his body yeah. pretending to fish. But also he loves it. He yeah. loves that all that cardboard is strapped to him in the photos. That's oh, yeah? What I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Does he so yeah. Here's, let's, let's here's, what he, here's what he had to say. Uh, uh, I tried all of them, but we only built the RC car and the fishing rod. Those two are easy to put together, but most kids under 10 will definitely need help. The robot kit was by far the best one, and it actually works how they say it does. It's a lot of fun, but all of them sort of feel like glorified tech demos. Um, he said the motorcycle game in particular feels like they ripped the assets out of Mario Kart 8, like it's a hacked version of it, but it's still fun. Huh. Mm-hmm. And then my personal favorite quote Fishing is really fun and very satisfying when you catch a big fish. Now, I don't know <laughs> if he's talking about the Labo fishing game mm-hmm. or just fishing I think in general. That's, that's the IGN review of the because, concept of fishing. Yeah, <laughs> because I agree fishing is great when you catch yeah, a big fish. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we – I was like somebody in the NVC group was like, I don't know if these things are going to have any longevity. And I was like, people have been playing piano for thousands of years. Right. <laughs> At a, at a, in at one time at one time yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right. yeah. so, so yeah, it's, it's nice that he was able to check in with us before the show. Uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to go. All of us haven't had a chance to go hands on, but nope. it was yeah. cool that that he was able to send us at least some initial impressions. I'm and sure he'll have a big ride up coming. Up. So yes. that sort of reinforces, I think, some of the um, hopes, but also some of the fears. I think some people had that these are tech demos that they don't feel like full fledged games, and I think that's sort of like. Um, offsets the worries there a little bit about the price, you know, for 70, 80 bucks for these, for some of these kits. Um, to have just a series of like kind of we play style mini games is. People who complain about the price don't have kids. Like I'm convinced. Like I, I'm right. so used to higher price points for these do-it-yourself kits, yeah. right? like yeah, yeah. EV crates and stuff. But no, I can see it. If you if you think they're they're just like little uh, little demos with cardboard and you're not into that kind of stuff, I can see how it's expensive. Yeah. No, totally, sense. totally. I, yeah. hope, I hope the final versions have a little more depth. That'd be cool. Yeah. So before, hey, before we dive in, can we see that image of uh, Philip on the motorcycle one more time? Please. Yeah. Let's bring yeah, that. Let's we. Bring that by up. the way, we have Barrett back as our producer this week. Well, you yeah. know how he uh, he he left the show. Yeah. Um, there, he guy, is. there you go. Show us the motorcycle, Barrett. Yeah. Nice. There we go. Oh, Can we make this the thumbnail for the, the episode this week? I think this is it's a beautiful. good one. Look at the IGN microphone in the background. We miss <laughs> it's, just, it's just hanging out. It's beautiful. All right. All right. So in prepping for the show, uh, you know, uh, three days ago, I, I think I talked to Zach um, and I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a slow show. Not a lot of topics. We'll talk about a lot of indie games. But maybe Nintendo. Nintendo will yeah. announce something as usual. <laughs> and of course, there's now more news to get to. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Because they went a little nuts. Yeah, they uh, had a Twitter direct. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the first big news was uh, the announcement of Mario Kart on mobile. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Mario Kart Tour. Yep. Are you excited? I am really yep. excited about it. I am concerned that it's going to cost as much as Mario Run, which I think was nine ninety nine. Yeah. But then again, um, Mario Kart on mobile sounds amazing. Yeah. And it sounds like right up my alley of uh, mobile I, games to play. I, I'm. I don't know. Maybe I'm old, but well, I'm definitely old. But I'm consistently surprised <laughs> at the reaction to nine ninety nine being like a negative on yeah. the Apple Store. That's 
crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. most games are a buck or two. But I played, I played Mario twice that much for Final Fantasy games same. on mobile. And I but, played Mario yeah. Run for probably 15, 20 hours. Like I yeah. did everything there is to do that game. I got every coin. I went back for all the extra stuff they added. Um, Animal Crossing is a game that I have tried to give money to, yeah. and it doesn't really need it or want it. That's because uh, Tom I'm, Nook's still got all my freaking bags of cash. Yeah. <laughs> well, years I, of Animal Crossing. I think I spent $7 on Animal Crossing, maybe 5 maybe 10 total, yeah. and I yeah. played that game for 20 hours as well, so... Yeah. Um, if if this game is ten dollars and I get fifteen twenty hours out of it, oh my god! Like that's a fantastic. Yeah, deal. you have a really good point because I um I always worry that it's going to be like pay to pay to play and then you'll have like the ten dollars and then you'll have to pay more to get yeah. more like carts or more things. So I think I'm just skeptical. I will say I the thing. Be, but you know, no, I'm with you, and I, I will say the thing that's kind of like frustrating about Nintendo's online mobile business strategy is that they are and always have been for the last year or two since they've been doing this completely vague on specifics in terms of release dates or windows yeah. like I, finding out about a video game is fun <laughs> finding out about it when a fiscal year ends is yeah. the opposite of fun that was the least <laughs> consumer friendly tweet yeah. they basically said you know they, they gave you a fiscal year range like, just I don't for, care about your fiscal for, year for like, everyone the fiscal year runs between April 2018 and March 2019 and so it was like you could feel they weren't ready to announce yep. Mario Kart Tour and and, and we don't know any details. We don't even know what type of uh, more, more details say. are available in your but, father's business briefcase that but you they, can look at. But they basically <laughs> they they were basically forced to announce this, but with the same language that they would be speaking to shareholders. Yeah, with. sure. Yeah. I mean, it, well, they get themselves into a sticky situation if they say that it it's oh coming in 2018 or coming this year mm-hmm. because uh, you know February 1st 2019. If that game is still not out and it's mm-hmm. this year, people are going to be like. Yo, where's that Mario Kart game yeah, you're yeah. talking about? Like well, you said it would be out this year and it's been a year. So by I understand that it's not the sexiest sort of PR to say fiscal year 2019 or 2018, but I also think that it like it's sort of the, the move that they had to make. Mm-hmm. If they had to announce this now, which maybe you're absolutely right, maybe maybe they just could have hung on to it until they had a better idea of the release window. It, but they, I mean, like they, we will get to their earnings report. Sounds sounds boring. It's more exciting than that. I promise you. We'll get to their earnings <laughs> soon. But they obviously made some good dough with their mobile games, right. and the investors are saying, "Hey, what's next?" Right? Yeah. They haven't yeah. they haven't talked about uh, anything beyond uh, Animal. Well, Crossing, it's weird right? because these earnings calls and you know investor shareholder meetings and stuff like mm-hmm. that they are they're a reminder that video games are a weird marriage of like art and business. Yep. And it is our job as big stupid kids to be like, "What toys are you making this year?" and then it's like their job to convey to shareholders like this is how rich you're going to be this fall. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you know? think do you think this game will be like a traditional like modern Mario Kart game just with tilt controls? Uh maybe maybe auto gas and no brakes or yeah. do you think I don't it'll think it'll be like, controls Do you think it'll be top down or look like the, a management at, game or something? Look at the auto steering controls they added for younger gamers in Mario Kart 8 when it came to Switch, right? Like mm-hmm. that effectively became like a two button video game. Yeah. And I think that like having a lot of that and like a sort of management of items on tethered to one or two buttons would be totally cool. I don't think they'll do tilting or swiping or anything like that. My concern here is if they're going to get in the business model that a lot of iOS kart racing games do, which is basically like your car's tired. It needs gas. And like, oh, if no. you give it some money, like Animal Crossing <laughs> yeah. did a little bit of that. But again, they don't really know how to monetize those things where you shake a tree in Animal Crossing and it's like two hours from now, the pears will grow back, but yeah. you can pay it and that's, then the, they'll grow back quicker. That goes back to my concern from yeah. before, which is like you pay ninety nine ninety nine, and then you have to pay because your car ran out of gas or you have to pay because something broke down or you need a new cart to play this, <clears> you know, 
a stage well, or whatever. That's why I'd be okay with their business model always being sort of like incremental if you want it, but also mm-hmm. flat fee if you want it. Like yeah. I'm, I'd be happy to pay fifteen twenty dollars for an um, online mobile Mario Kart yeah. if it means like I never have to pay for a banana or an item or a car tire. Ever. It took them a while to get there with Mario Run uh, with the uh, expansion stuff, but yeah. the idea of of paying ten dollars up front, having a game to run through and collect all the coins and finish all the levels, and then six months, eight months down the road, or even a year. Them dropping in a bunch of new stuff and being like, "Hey, remember those levels? Now there's all new challenges yeah. to have at." Like that's fine. But yeah, it, but it's fine for you as a consumer who's used to uh, traditional games and paying up front. And it wasn't fine for them from a from an earnings perspective. Fire Emblem did better, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. they're and and well, that is the smaller franchise in the grand scheme. <laughs> you know, he got a lot of horses in that game. Mm-hmm. That's horses right. are expensive. Um, let's talk a little bit more about uh, their announcements because they also you were talking about paying for uh, for stuff online. They announced the launch of Nintendo Switch Online, right? Uh, their online service mm-hmm. and gave us a date for the first uh, well, the new date for yeah. for the first time. It's yeah. September of this year is when Nintendo uh, Switch Online will officially launch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I saw a lot of sort of backlash to this a because they haven't really justified why this is worth paying for yet and b because online is free and will be until then so if you're playing dark souls with your friend mm-hmm. uh you're gonna get start you're gonna <laughs> get get charged starting september it's almost like we had the exact same conversation with andrew gold well yeah no, it's true. <laughs> but more importantly and this is what no one's really paying attention to is that in september that means that nintendo pretty much has to launch a giant online they game. have to deliver yeah, yeah. well like well so here here's my theory a b um, the theory that I have is that um, two weeks ago, uh, over the weekend, they had a Super Smash Bros. tournament mm-hmm. um, in Oakland, and uh, Nintendo versus, uh, like, Nintendo of America partnered with that competition to host it, and they had a 30-team 30, 30 Splatoon 2 um, battle. They also had, like, all of the Super Smash Bros. were represented there, and Nintendo versus their Twitter for, like, competitive... Um, they, like, tweeted about it. They were talking about it. So my theory is that they're going to release a big game to with the Nintendo Switch online. Yeah. And my theory might be that they might have a you know a Super Smash Bros that's coming back. They might port the Wii U one into the Switch. I Some, totally agree. Yeah. Something about this date re- like might mm-hmm. re- like reference um a big game coming out and I truly think that Super Smash Bros online is like their way of getting people to stay because Splatoon 2 might have like a really big online scene. But I feel like a lot of people will just drop off. Yeah, it's, of it. you're not going to be able to ride off of the like the old fumes of Splatoon by then. And also, yeah. I believe Mario or Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS launched in September when it initially Did launched it? in what 2013, 2014. Very. Did you verify? Because I know I was I was in <laughs> Japan for TGS and we had just gotten our codes and we were waiting in line at Tokyo Disney mm-hmm. Sea battling each other in Smash Brothers. Yeah. It was surreal. But um, but I think this will be sort of like a mix of the Wii U and the 3DS content together in one place yeah. with maybe some new characters and stuff. That, that'd be smart. I mean, like it still feels weird when a when you when a major game launches in in an off month like September rather than November or in March, right? That, yeah. Those are the targets. So I could see it being a, a, a re-release of a really popular game mm-hmm. um I, I think that makes all the sense in the world or they might be soft launching it right yep. Yep. maybe they're uh launching uh, uh the program and just as a reminder if you forgot they said uh, they'll be kind of like classic style like 16-bit games with online modes that would be yeah. released uh, on a monthly basis and you would be paying either 20 bucks a year uh four bucks a month or eight bucks for three months and right. so it's possible that they'll go back to their classics and have something in sep- september too and then releasing the heavy hitter in november yeah which mm-hmm. like side note is a third of the cost 
cost of what the competitors right. are selling. Yeah, for it, that's dirt cheap for yeah, it's really cheap. Like, I think what, what bums me out is there's no like definitive ownership with those games. Like, I don't want to rent games from Nintendo, especially like I don't want to rent Mario World. Like, I want to own it. I want that icon there. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 I mean, my regardless of when and how and what it launches with, like, I just want the virtual console. Like, yeah. I just want them to come out swinging with something that, that people have been talking about for since the inception of the Switch. Like, totally. just like in addition to this, this plan, like, I'm more than willing to pay a $20 entry fee if it means <laughs> I have access to a library of back yep. catalog. Like, so what do you think next next word on this at E3 or before? Yes, do you think E3 they'll let out sure. what, I think E3 what for sure. online is yeah. before yeah. then or no? No, I think okay. E3, E3. I think E3 for sure. E3, yeah. I feel like E3 for them this year they're going to come out swinging and it, like a lot of the things might be unexpected. We might get like dates for, you know, Metroid Prime 4 or something like that. I just think that it's like dreamer. Gonna, yeah, I, I agree. I'm <laughs> 26 year old millennial dreamer. I think <laughs> that I think that as we've seen at E3 from Nintendo in the past few years, um you know, Zelda and then Mario, I think that, that they will frame their entire booth and presentation around whatever this launch title is with online. I'm assuming that it's going to be Smash. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a new Smash that was like decked out in the booth yep. uh, or that their booth was decked out like Smash and that they all the details come in that, that right. direct. And the cool thing was, do you remember how many sort of pi pipelines from Smash Brothers led directly into Virtual Console? Yeah, like how many yeah, times? That's there a good like, point. That's right. like you could actually buy, you could effectively get demos of virtual console games through Smash Brothers, which is really cool. What what sucks is that that means none of us will get virtual console until September, right? Which is a yeah. very yeah, long time away. At least I, I, we get to, you know, at least it might like the possibility is there rather than us still waiting for it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and Brian, you have a Super NES Classic, right? You I can do. Uh, you can get busy before then. Uh, the third yeah, announcement. Brian, you can get busy before then. <laughs> the third. <laughs> The third announcement uh, in this uh, kind of shareholder reacts come Twitter, Twitter feed, uh, uh, celebration was that Nintendo – super big surprise – Nintendo and Illumination have partnered on a Mario movie. So that's the studio uh, behind Minions, the Minions movies, Despicable Me. Yep. Uh, what else? Saying uh, – Saying The Secret Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets. They're making uh, – they did the Lorax. They're going to do The Grinch. Yep. Um, like a pre – before his heart became small. Um, so kid, 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 the Grinch prequel. Yeah. Kid focused fair, right? Responsible yes. for kid focused fair, but many of them incredibly successful animated titles. Uh, and the, uh, the whole deal is co-financed by Universal, right? Mm -hmm. We have the partnership with Universal Studios. So it kind of was a no brainer that we'd see some movie property tying in with Universal as yep. well. Didn't and we, it's co-produced well, by Miyamoto, the movie. But, you know, so Universal is co-financing it, but, um, they also own Illumination Entertainment. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and, DreamWorks, but they uh, focused in on Illumination Entertainment to run this. And I think that's a great idea because um, Illumination Entertainment has the animation and the look that fits perfectly with um, Mario. Like a lot, it's stylistic and it's very, it's simplistic yet stylistic um, with their animation compared to like Disney or Pixar, which has their own type of way of well, looking. That, yeah. you're, an, you're an animation fan, right? And uh, I, I think yeah. <laughs> when, you know, when, when people heard Mario movie, they thought Pixar would be amazing or, you know, Disney studio behind Wreck-It Ralph, like yeah. somebody with that experience. I, I saw a couple of negative voices following this, this confirmation or even the original rumor, which I think the Wall Street Journal posted last year. I, I think that anytime you get a beloved character in the mix with minions, people are going to flip 
slip out a little bit. You think that's like, it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because like when people think of Illumination Studios, they only think of their biggest franchise, and that's Despicable Me and those terrible minions. Yep. But I think you got to look beyond that. Like Lorax is one of my favorite animated movies ever. Like mm-hmm. I think that's such a great contender. But nobody ever talks about that in the same breath as they're talking about. You, you think they can they can do the franchise justice? I believe yeah. so. I think that um, the fact that Miyamoto is co-producing, like people think that because you're a producer. You don't have a lot of uh, say in what you do. Like people think of, oh, Steven Spielberg produced or executive produced Transformers and look how that happened. But a producer has so much more power than you think. Like they have more power than a director Hmm. does. So I think that because he's co-producing, he will oversee from pre-production, production production, and post-production. And I don't think he's going to let go of – like I don't think he's going to make his characters look terrible. Miyamoto's going to oversee – Post production, yeah. Like, I because, can't imagine. I can't well, imagine because, that there would be like. I, I think of his role in this in the same way that he was a an executive producer on uh, Kingdom Battle, right? Yeah. In that, like, this is what Mario can and can't do in this medium. I, have you I have you seen the Pikmin animated movies that he directed? No. Yeah. So those. Were, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. He's a, he's a conf- small. Yeah. They're uh-huh. they're small short yeah. films that they launched on Wii U. Uh, I think you can get them also through Club Nintendo. They're definitely on YouTube right now. But um, yeah, Shigeru Miyamoto directed a bunch of like micro movies uh, starring Pikmin, and yeah. they're all really cool and very sort of heady conceptually and sort of yeah. in the same Miyamoto way where he's like, I have an idea, and then this is the seven different ways we can build upon it. Yeah. So well, the, he also created Wii Music. So yeah. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. The dude's Whoa. not infallible. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting though. I mean, like with the, it, it, will Mario talk a lot, and will that drive us crazy to hear Charles Martinet go? Oh, now I'm going to do this, and how now much? I'm going how, to do that. how much did the minions talk? A lot, yeah, not, right? a lot but, but yeah. they say nothing. Yeah, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I think they just kind of babble. Well, there's yeah. that one in well, no, no. Me Three when they had the one minion has that crazy political rant. That's oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's very I don't odd. Think, I, we've talked about it here on the show before, but I don't think he'll talk at all. Like I, I think I think you'll I'll say I, the usual stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, in Kingdom yeah. Battle, he talked a little bit, but not yeah. like enough to be like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. like Mario, don't yeah. talk. Yeah, that no, much. he'll just mumble and racist stereotypes like yeah. he's been doing for thirty years. He'll be like, oh, yeah. and I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's cute. You'll translate. Uh, where are we gonna go for, uh, for dinner? Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I hope it's an origin story, and the tagline is Wahoo? Question oh. mark. I, Very nice. I'm just excited to it's a see. a bad joke. Uh, yeah, that was, I'm just yeah. excited to see how it turns out. Like, I feel like a lot of people are so jaded by the 1993 Super Mario Bros. movie yeah. that they don't want this to happen. They don't want Mario to get tortured. I think they're Whatever. jaded by Fix the it. I think they're jaded by the idea of video game movies in general. Yeah, but e- all... even Ratchet and Clank from a few years ago was bad. Yeah. There's a uh, live oh, action yeah, CG animated Ugh. Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out. Yeah, like, but things so... are about to get weird. But the one experiment with a big animation studio was Wreck It Ralph was the closest to a video game movie that's animated in that style and that was but really that good. Was, that was like borderline parody, right? Like right. The, the way that they the way that they frame that movie, the thing that makes Wreck It Ralph work is that it's it's not based on a property that has to abide by any certain rules. It just incorporates a lot of other video mm-hmm. gamey type things into it. Like this is a Mario. Yeah, like, but Mario I will have to do Mario stuff in order he, for it to. But be he Mario didn't film. do Mario things in Kingdom Battle. He had like some liberties. Like, oh, you remember all those times that Mario used the gun? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, like, we just have to think of it like with Ubisoft, oh. where um, he they had like a certain 
liberties to do things right. with Mario that he never did before. Yeah. So I think Illumination will have that ability to do that. It's just like how much well, will it be. Well, Circle, that's what I think that's entirely what Miyamoto's role in this is going to be. Yeah. I think that he's going to have script approval and he's going to be like, Mario can do this. He cannot do this. Yeah. Also, After Detective uh, Pikachu, though, I feel like there might be more freedom than we think. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> you know? well, so, so the good thing is with an animated movie, you don't get a like arguing husband and wife couple that go home and go like, hey, what if we edited it like this? What if we shot it like this? Like yeah. this movie is going to be completely storyboarded out and approved every second totally. of because it's going to cost millions of dollars a second. It won't be like, you know, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo getting drunk behind a car being like, yeah, I guess that's what a dinosaur looks like. Yep. like that name? movie's a wreck. Hey, so I, I want to get to uh, this week's lead topic, but before oh, yeah. that, just two quick news updates that I want to make sure Nintendo fans know about. One is uh, Splatoon 2 still getting updated. Uh, we had a new uh, weapons uh, drop, the Rapid Blaster Deco. Yep. Uh, it's also, you mentioned it's uh, hitting the competitive scene with, with more tournaments. Yep. tournaments coming out. Yep. And then I think today, uh, Arowana Mall was also added, right? Yeah, which is a... Marijuana uh, Mall? Yeah, yes, you gotta Marijuana have, Mall. you got to have a card added. to get in yes. there, but it's worth it. <laughs> that level is legal now. Yeah, it's a throwback to uh, Splatoon, which I think mm-hmm. is a... It's a lot. It's a, it's a more interesting um, map, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will be excited about. So you're going to play? Yep. Available Aren't every afternoon at four. Is Lily going to play Splatoon? <laughs> need, yeah, need more shocker. time. And then the second, the second really He's interesting news item. Lily's Marijuana Mall. Oh, yeah. I got to go shopping. Uh... You could use some. The marijuana one? It's just like, you know, like, like a He's relaxing. To up your style. Oh. Yeah. It's, it, it's okay now. That's all this, it's, this it's place all needs. Now. It's just me being really goofy and stupid on camera. Like, yeah, Brian, Brian, have you ever tried that, Brian? I wore a must, a fake mustache before the show today. Right, I, don't so need the, to, I don't need to go to the marijuana the, mall. The other news item is, uh, Minecraft, uh, got, uh, the legendary skin pack one update to Switch. That sounds like a, a generic, uh, thing, but is actually pretty notable in that it includes Microsoft characters. So mm-hmm. Microsoft, who, of course, bought Minecraft, uh, and owned the, uh, owned the franchise and are distributing it still across multiple <laughs> well, platforms. This is so allowed, unsettling. Yeah. And Nintendo allowed Master Chief, Banjo, uh, oh. uh, Coltrane f- uh, from Gears, right? Yeah. Explosion Man, the uh, heroes from the Fable game. So you can actually play as uh, Green Samus now here in uh, in the Mushroom Kingdom. In Mushroom look Kingdom, at, yeah. Look at him attacking the Goomba. I think yeah. more importantly, like Banjo and Kazooie are back on a Nintendo platform in the longest walk possible to get there. Yeah. Like, look at how so terrifying bizarre. this turtle is. Oh boy! Oh man, that, <laughs> that is yeah. unsettling. The total did Whoa. something. It knows something. Um, but you know, Banjo and Kazooie originating <laughs> on Nintendo hardware, and then Rare buying them out or bringing them over to Microsoft, who bought out Rare. Yeah. Uh, and then doing Banjo Nuts and Bolts, and then a couple of like Banjo Pilot, and then uh, what was it? Diddy Kong Racing 3DS had yep. Banjo in it. No, um, so we got to see them there. Banjo also has that weird idle animation where like he'll pull out a Game Boy. So they're always like they're still friends. When I took a tour at Nintendo, you remember there. A couple years ago, they have a statue of Banjo and Kazooie in there, and Mm -hmm. it's just cool to see that because he's not really one of their properties anymore. But yeah, it's taken a while, but Banjo and Kazooie are back on Nintendo in Minecraft. Are your pupils dilated? Yeah, Yeah. high as hell. Oh, I see. (laughs) Fresh in from Arowana Mall. Hell yeah! (laughs) Here's Brian (laughs) Altom. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It's gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Super Mario Odyssey, NBA 2K18, Fire Emblem Warriors, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. 
This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day. So ask yourself, how many moons can you find in Super Mario Odyssey for 54 cents a day? Oh, and you don't even have to leave the house. The games come right to you. And hey, they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial lets you only check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today at Gamefly.com slash voice chat. Uh, so now for our lead topic, uh, earlier in the week, actually, Nintendo announced, uh, via their earnings, their, um, their system sales, their game sales, their top sellers across all the different platforms. And I think it's fair to say that Nintendo Switch is doing quite well now, out in the world. If I, if I yeah, may. If you may. You've written a strap here, Pear, that I yeah. think deserves a good read. What is that? Can just, you do that just, for us? I'd like for you to read this first sentence here <laughs> after our lead topic. Nintendo Switch is hot, hot, hot. Correct. Eighties uh, song. In other words, <laughs> it's, it's eight hundred fifty-seven billion yen hot. Not just the Switch, but ah. Nintendo's total earnings. That sounds like a, ch- uh, a child's fake number. Yeah. In, well, it is eight hundred fifty thousand twelve million. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't. Eight hundred fifty-seven billion. About? They do this in earnings reports. It's really annoying. They mm-hmm. don't say billion. Uh, but that's just for the nine months ending uh, December thirty-first. So that's uh, essentially from from March, including the Switch launch, but not the uh, the first three months of the. So uh, they're the going year. out of business. That's seven. That sucks. Seven point yeah. nine billion dollars. Uh, one hundred seventy-five percent increase over over twenty sixteen. And then in pure operating profit. So that's after you know taking out all the cost of development, the hardware, manufacturing, all that. Nintendo made one. $1.7 billion in operating profit for those nine months. But, Pear, I read on YouTube that Nintendo's going to go third party and Mario's going to be on the PlayStation. Well, if the they box. do, they got $1.7 billion <laughs> to spend on game development. Um, you know, this, this is obviously good performance. The the other guys aren't doing too shabby either, right? Mm-hmm. PlayStation and Xbox, especially PlayStation, is, is doing uh, very well. Um, but doesn't doesn't have as much fall, falling down to the bottom line because their hardware cost is much, much higher. Right. So they make less on the uh, machines they sell, but obviously they get a lot more uh, on their licensing business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll leave that uh, that boring financial stuff behind in one second, but mobile business did 29 billion yen, and that includes uh, Nintendo's share of Pokemon Go, oh, all which is just 2 billion yen, you know, because that's run under the Pokemon company, and Nintendo, it's a, it's a subsidiary. subsidiary yeah. um, so that's uh, $18 million. So Wow. Not quite as much, right? Once you, uh, once you break it down like this. Right. Um, mobile business, not small for them. They certainly didn't spend all this on development, but not, not a huge part of their business yet, right? 3% of their business. Um, Super NES Classic hit 4 million units sold. That's huge. Wow. Which yeah. means there are actually many more out there and the, there was, the shortage is over, right? It's nice to see this number because Seeing this earlier, and and uh, four million is such a baffling number in terms of SNES Classic to me because we thought for sure that Reggie was just full of it when he's like, there will be more available. Yeah. But they obviously put their money where their mouth is because they've sold a ton of those units. So and you know what else? That, that true. Yeah. You know what else was readily available after the initial shortage was the uh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think if you think back to all the system launches and how frustrating the Wii situation was for so many months. Um, I have to say Nintendo did a really nice job um, delivering stock. Maybe it was smart to launch in March and have like a, a slower ramp up where they would have more um, Switches available for yeah, Christmas. Totally. Yeah. And but, people were yeah. crazy. People like fury, like feverish for this thing by the time. First of all, we had like a great game every single month last year. So by the time this thing hit and you could buy it, there was no reason not to get one. Yeah. So how many units did it sell since March? 
you know the number? <laughs> the Nintendo uh, Switch? 14.86 million. Yeah, so just under 15 million <laughs> units sold in nine months, which, uh, you know, they initially said uh, they wanted to sell, uh, what was their revised um, target was 14 million, so yep. they blew past that. Yeah. Um, a million? Well, actually, they were going to say they wanted to sell 14 million by March of this year, uh-huh. and they already blew past it in, in just December alone. That's insane. Um, what's notable about, about that is it's selling incredibly fast, and it surpassed the total lifetime sales of the Wii. Yep. yep. In nine, ten months. Nine months. Nine months. It passed the Wii U. Um, and that it's going to take down GameCube next, which is you think? almost 20. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are yep. you kidding me? Oh, yeah. You think? I mean, come on. So GameCube. You think that's it for the Switch? No, for sure. GameCube lifetime sales at 21.7 million. Yeah. I mean, that's in the crosshairs now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So possibly, if, if Nintendo, probably. If Nintendo can, can get a couple of bangers on this system, at first party, obviously, but then also when you've got support of things like, oh, you can go back and play Dark Souls on this. You can, like, yep. these bigger third party games that people might have, yeah, people might have missed on other systems or, or previous generations. Like, yeah, I think that, that GameCube is well within their sights. Also, yep. we, we just saw and talked about Master Chief and Halo is one of the most beloved classic franchises of all time. Coming I mean, to Switch. No. 2019. The Xbox only sold a few million units more than the GameCube did. Those two were neck and neck for yeah. ages until the GameCube yep. dropped to $99 for a minute there and then kind of got a little and, spike. And online so this games still off. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so that means the Switch is going to outsell the original Xbox very soon too. That's yeah. crazy. Like this is I'm, going to get in the, in, in the, you know, the upper pantheon of, I'm best having, consoles. I'm just having flashbacks of like back in January when they announced this last year and I went, oh boy, is this going to be another Wii U episode type of thing where it's not going to yeah. do well. Or Vita, right? Yeah. It looks like a Vita. And I remember like coming three when I was working with you guys and I was like, oh, oh, I have to buy one. Right. Like, I have to buy one. Well, if you look at our biggest concerns back then, and I'm sure you shared them, it was battery life, which turned out to be yeah, you know, fine. pretty good, good enough. Yeah, decent, um, yeah. Third party support, which we got, and mm-hmm. great, like hard hitting first party games, which we got as well. So all of those things were sort of satiated, and now we're good. Yeah, and now my biggest problem with it is storage. Do you, do you think so? Yeah. You know, some of the other um, console sales on the list, and by the way, the 3DS, 3DS did really well yep. uh, last year as well. So it didn't get cannibalized by the Switch yet, which means Nintendo will continue to make games for it. Uh, 3DS uh, is at 72 million units sold. So the biggest seller, of course, was the the DS line before that, right? Uh, with 154 million sold because there were so many iterations and it was on the market for so long. Before that, the Game Boy with 180. 18 million mm-hmm. and the Wii with 101 million. So Nintendo, I think, is very hopeful that the Switch will perform as well as the Wii out there. Yeah, well, I, I don't, too. I don't know if we have the quote here, but they said at some point last night that they sort of expect the Switch to surpass the average console life, so, uh, life cycle yeah. of what that, I guess it's roughly around five years, right? Yeah. Um, if you looked at the 3DS and stuff like that, that's actually petering into the what six, seven, eight year territory yeah. and will continue to. So I think as a dedicated hand, handheld, once this thing is like hundred bucks, 150 bucks, and there's like Pokemon and Zelda and everything on it. This is going to sell like crazy for yeah. a very long yeah. time. And if they iterate and you do get the, the DX version, the yeah. more powerful, the X version or the of micro the Switch, version. or you get the micro, like there, there's definitely, there could be a lot of li- life left in this machine just going for a very long time like the DS did before it. Are you so, going to buy tiny exciting. versions of all your favorite jokes? Yeah, of course. 
I'm uh, I'm rocking the the green Joy-Con this time. Ooh. Those are gorgeous, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so that's the uh, the Splatoon set comes with the uh, raspberry and, right. and lime colors, uh-huh. and so you got to buy the reverse color to get okay. the green. But it's so right. now you have you have Ooh. double raspberries and double limes. That's right. All right, yeah, yeah. another trip so many. to the house of a thousand Joy-Cons. Yes, the <laughs> house of a thousand Joy-Con. Um, so top selling software, Super Mario Odyssey is the top seller on Switch so far. We really more than really nine million units sold. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so now, of course, before you say, oh, my God, this is the biggest seller ever in Nintendo history, I just want to clarify that includes bundles, mm-hmm. right? So if yeah. you buy a bundle unit, uh, uh, that number is in here. And the last, summary, the biggest bundle success uh, for Nintendo was <laughs> Wii Sports. Wii right. Sports sold 82 million units. So obviously some aspirational goals there for the Wii era and how big mainstream titles can uh, can yeah. be. But And so Mario um, Kart we'll outsold Zelda and Mario Odyssey outsold Zelda. Is that correct? Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe sold 7.3 million units. Outsold th- Breath of the Wild, which had hey. 6.7 million unit Switch version There's only. My yeah. Girl, yeah. Yeah. There's Kingdom Battle, that, which is another million seller. Um, the yeah. cool thing about Zelda is that when the, it launched near the Switch, the attachment <laughs> rate was actually higher than the Switch yeah. itself. You get, if you guys remember, we, we covered that story in that people like me uh, actually bought two copies of that game. I got yeah. it digitally and I bought like the deluxe special edition thing. Yeah. So, so eventually that sort of slowed down and Mario with two months on the market uh, eclipsed that and became the best-selling game. So I had a few people tweet at me in, in, in confusion that Mario Odyssey outsold Breath of the Wild. Um, I think even with uh, the Wii U sales rolled in, uh, Super Mario Odyssey still did better, and that's that's not a surprise, guys. Like yeah. the top-selling franchises for Nintendo are actually Pokemon, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Mar- Kart, and yeah. Mario. And so uh, Zelda has never really been at the top traditionally. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is going to, I'm sure, is going to end up being the top-selling Zelda game of all time yeah. yeah but mario kart 8 deluxe i just want to point that out 7.3 million units that is a re-release of a wii u game mm-hmm. which already sold 8.4 million units on the on the wii u right that but same game so they totally double dipped on it and that compares that's to such the, an insane yeah. percentage of that install base like that's crazy it, yeah. that's I mean, oh, like, on Wii U, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, you know what that means. 75% of people. That's such a huge attach rate. Not that Nintendo needed that number to justify it, but like, they gotta be working on a new Mario Kart game beyond the, the mobile What if game, that right? is hand in hand with whatever mm. they've got planned for September? I'm a little early. Does yeah. that number, uh, for Mario Kart 8 also count for, uh, bundles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, any of these numbers have the bundle. You got a Mario okay. Kart bundle, did you? Oh, yeah. You get a Mario Kart yeah. bundle. I got – my Mario Kart bundle came with a Pro Controller, Zelda, and Mario Kart 8. Oh, right, right, right. My Mario Kart bundle came with Splatoon. I couldn't figure it out why. Right. So hey. thank you for mentioning Splatoon. <laughs> Splatoon 2 did just under 5 million units. What? That's on the strength of uh, Japanese sales. Very, that's, very popular over there. Also, incredible. fun fact, the Splatoon 1 community is very – lively because i've been playing splatoon the first one yep. just going back to it and i get um I, i've been doing it because my friend doesn't own a switch i've been convincing he should but uh every time i go and play a regular battle there instantly i get a match nice so people it, are still there and how does it feel good to go back to that one good, really weird note. but i love the stages there are so right, many more stages right. and the cool. music from that I really want them to bring back the music that was in Splatoon 1 into Splatoon 2. You're yeah, tired of four, I agree. All, you're tired of all four tracks in Splatoon already? The four <laughs> best Listen, songs ever made. There are at least 16 songs, I think. I don't know. Definitely not. Ah, those some Splatoon daggers 2. shooting your way there. I think it's the four so, songs they played four times each. So, Maybe. by the way, Splatoon 1 also sold 4.91 million copies, wow. just like the Switch version, which means they converted every single user to the new one. That's nuts. One um, out of three Wii U owners owned Splatoon. 
That's yeah. nuts, man. Yeah, but also think about that. <laughs> how, what little time, <laughs> what little time Splatoon 2 has been on the market to yep. reach the same sales milestone as the Wii U version. So this, Crazy. this, this stuff's flying off the shelves. One to switch, uh, not quite as justified. 1.8 uh. million arms, 1.6 million units sold. That's a new franchise. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It just came out in December, a million units. Just, wow. wow. Just that month alone. So really, really good news. Uh, 3DS also did well with, you know, Mario Kart 7 topped 16 million units. Pokemon cleaning up everywhere 16 million units 13 million units so Nintendo is alive and well and, wow. and raking in the dough yeah it's nice to see Tamadachi life on this list oh yeah you remember <laughs> on that one yeah, yeah. Six, 6 million great. units 6 million oh. units for Tamadachi life that's so, awesome so before we head into the uh, the the break one last thing uh, that was included in the sales announcements was the reaffirmation that Metroid still is listed as a as a TBA title mm-hmm. so we don't know a date yet but Pokemon still had a 28 or later type day, date. So, 2018. Uh, 2018. Yeah. What did I say? 28. Yeah, well, it's back in right. time. Mm. I might, I might the year dilated. 28 was a great year <laughs> for Nintendo. Uh, they so, announced Rock and Stick that year. So, great I mean, games. like having covered Nintendo for so long, I know 28 or later means later. Right. Yeah. But the fact that they still think that they can pop this game into 2018 is pretty crazy. Yeah. Because if that was their Christmas game, that would be, would be yeah, that would humongous. Be insane. That you know? Switch sale would go up so fast. What if... So excited for this fiscal year. <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> fiscal year. Yes. Love fiscal year. So, um, we'll keep an eye on the, on these stories as they develop. Nintendo, um, likes to trickle out uh, sales information after their earnings call and on just kind of, uh, deep dive. Yeah, on deep Twitter. Oh. Um, so, uh, keep an eye out on it, but uh, suffice it to say the Switch is not going away. It's a success. Mm-hmm. Hopefully more third parties will jump on board and, su- and support this yeah, thing. It's actually great news for us as like, I don't know, weird nerds for little numbers and things like that. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by MPD. Always. Like, yeah. It's just one of my favorite things. When a console is doing really well and the games are doing re- really well, you get so much information. And yep. You look at other times, like I, I know Sony specifically during the PS3 era, they were like, we shipped we shipped so many. We sent all these things to the store. It's like, do people buy them? They're like, oh, well, they will. They will. Don't worry. That's the <laughs> issue when you're trying to compare cross platforms, yeah. right? Like Xbox will not release console sales. Yeah, Nintendo we have no does. idea. This gen, Sony does sell in, not sell through. So yep. it's it's very difficult to compare them. But it looks like everybody's doing pretty well, yep. and and we like it that way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. thank you so much, Lily, for joining us yeah, this thank you week. For having me. We're uh, when we come back after the break, we'll have Chloe Rad joining uh, us. She's our expert on indie games, and there are a ton of new games coming out on the on the switch that we want to talk about so see you in a sec bye welcome back to nvc the second half of the show if you didn't watch the first half please go back rewind how we have, went, how is that even it's possible start videos it's in the possible. middle right. Some people, sometimes i like yeah. to go to my favorite youtube channels and i'll just click on a random video and just start right in the middle yeah. just to see if i can catch up i like to walk in the movie theaters right like halfway through they might be catching this on the radio you never know mm-hmm. you know time. like tune in or something like it might be in the middle you never know yeah, Are that we happens. Radio? We're not on the radio. Mm-hmm. Right. Terrestrial radio doesn't exist. I want to introduce anyway. you guys to uh, Chloe Rand. Chloe, hey, Chloe has Chloe has not been on NVC before. Hello, I never, Welcome. I've never been on NVC. Hi, I'm Chloe. Hi, <laughs> Chloe. You've worked, yeah. But you've worked at IGN for how long? Oh God, uh, uh, what like thirty four years? Five now? years at this point. I think. Jesus Christ, five years. Okay, I think counting my time as a freelancer, it's been a while. So oh the, my God, the wow. the reason for that is Chloe plays a ton of games on on PC, and uh, she's the person I always go to when I want to know what uh, what indie games to to buy next yep. because she seems to have played all of them. And guess what happened? Now all these games are coming to Switch. Sometimes day one, sometimes like two years later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Switch is actually uh, my favorite console right now. That which rules. Is, uh, yeah, as a, as a PC gamer, like. I am very happy to have a way to play indie games now uh, on the go. Did awesome. you did you find yourself like just slowly sort of being like, hey, I'm 
playing more games on Switch and less on on Steam. Even though I feel like uh, a lot of them come to Steam. It's earlier, a good right? mix. Yeah, I mean, I still I still love my PC, but like there are some games that just work so well on the Switch. Like Stardew Valley, I sunk like fifty hours into that just on the Switch. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, like there's like things that I, I know you reviewed Thumper. Yes. Uh, when it came oh, out, right. and then that came to Switch, and I know that oh you were God. playing that all Thumper over again on Switch. Is and, like, like ideal on Switch. Yeah. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Great. So, you're a PC person, like, do you find yourself, like, skipping stuff on PC for Switch, or is there, like, a big discrepancy in release dates? Are you, like, looking at stuff on Steam and being like, oh, I'll play that when it comes to Switch, or? Um, it depends, really. Uh Like, the... And honestly, honestly, at this point, it's it's become this thing where like there's all these great games coming to Switch that release on PC first, and right. this is my opportunity to go back and replay them again. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, you know just quickly about what's uh, out this month. You know, we're officially in February, so uh, we've got Bayonetta two coming out for fifty bucks, and Bayonetta one for thirty bucks. Is there out. not a Bayonetta collection? Yeah, there's a Japanese exclusive right now to or to get them physically. Yeah, if yeah. you want one oh. and two physically, you have. So, so to buy them both digitally, I got to spend eighty bucks. I think so. Yeah, which oh, sucks dang. because I feel what, what what did they do with the last time they released? You were, downloaded one title and got one. Got physical. The, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. So I, I think it's the same with this one. Mm-hmm. But so Bayonetta is coming out. Obviously, a really uh, highly regarded uh, game at IGN. And once we get a playable of that, we're going to talk a ton about it. Yeah. Um, Payday two. The kind of mysterious game that disappeared uh, and, and came back is actually coming out this mm-hmm. month as well for 50 bucks. Fe. 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 Is coming, oh, that's finally coming? Coming yeah. out for 20 bucks, there. I thought. There, oh, yeah, there's Fe. Fe. That's coming out. It's really uh, game. And then uh, Dragon Quest Builders. We talked a little bit about it. It's out on the 9th this month. That's yeah. another bigger game. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders, uh, I've, I'm not a Minecraft guy. Uh, and I'm not a Dragon Quest guy, so on paper this oh, should perfect not, for you. This should not yeah. be a game that I'm interested in. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month or so ago, they put the demo of this on Switch, and I was sick, and I spent an entire Saturday just playing the demo. Played through the end of the demo, and then just kept building and kept mining. And this game is awesome and funny and kind of silly, and I'm really excited for it to release and really dig into it because it feels like a 16-bit Zelda game with uh-huh. Act Razor building mechanics. That like, sounds oh, nice. like an awesome demo that you were able to get that much mileage out well, of. Well, so here's the thing. like, It gets to a certain point where you can open up portals and it'll send you to like another land to get different resources. But in the demo, it's just like, well, you can't go there. This is the end of the demo. Right. But feel free to mm. poke around here if you still want to. So I did and I discovered a bunch of stuff and like caves and stuff. It was awesome. But I also sunk like all in probably like six or seven hours into the demo and I wonder... If there's an unlock screen in the demo itself that will carry my my oh, yeah, save yeah. over, that would be ideal. I'd rather not have to play those six hours again, but sure. I will willingly if that's the case. Did so. the performance of the Switch version bug you a little not, bit? I mean, it l- runs a little s- slower than the uh, original. Like a little I mean, I have no metric okay. versus the the PS4 or Xbox versions that's of it. Um, Philip also spent a ton of time. Uh, do we have a do we have a photo of Philip that we can run? Is there any kind of? Do you think we have a photo? Is there of any kind yeah. of thing that we, we can like? What's Philip up to? Does we do yeah. you know? Well, I I think at this point Barrett is like shuffling through all his papers. There he is. Um, there's yeah, that there, man. There, there, all Philip. right. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Philip has also put a bunch of time into Dragon Quest, and uh, he didn't necessarily he didn't mention any performance hits either. Okay. Like it didn't seem to bother him. So 
Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of smaller games were announced. Uh, Atui, you know, we, we had uh, the the lead, uh, well, the founder on uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, look that up. Atui has a soccer game coming out. Um, he actually showed that to us a little bit. It's like this kind of cute arcadey soccer game with what look like Minecraft characters, like yeah, little very blocky guys, vo- right? Voxely. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. So we'll uh, we'll let you know more about that once we get to play it more. This is the Police Two got announced. Mm-hmm. You guys not excited by that? Uh, this is the police one is terrifying enough. Yeah. For me, so <laughs> I, I play the original one. Um, <laughs> it's a really interesting game. It's just not really for me. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, what, maybe what because it like? it's kind of like point and clicky adventure. Yeah. Um, is it too not like the close to police. home? Like you have a lot of experience with the police, obviously. It's, those yeah. are point and shooty adventures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. yeah. Yeah. I've had some run-ins with the real police, so it does bring back some very tragic memories of running. And then Bendy and the Ink Machine. You also <laughs> have some experience with that. Uh, no, this is like uh, Bendy. Did you? No, this is this? a very sexual uh, episode. So I'm actually waiting for all of Bendy to come out. It's been released episodically, but it's like a. Um, that doesn't sound great. What? We're waiting Wait, for, for all, all of Bendy. Bendy. Yeah. <laughs> is that what I said? <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like a horror game. Uh, first person. I think you play like an animator, and he's like haunted by memories of his old animations or something. It's it's got that like old 30s like Cuphead. Oh um, wow. style is really cool. It's like yeah, old uh, animated, like old time oh, cartoons. But yeah. scary. Yeah. And so it was episodic and it's episodic. Okay. Um I think it should be concluding this year, but I could be wrong. So I'm um, I I guess the Switch version will it be everything at like a sort of a collection, I hope. Oh, that's actually a good question. Yeah, that'd sure. be cool. Well, I'm I'm assuming they're not gonna restart it now. It's kinda right. tough to build buzz for episodic games that late. Well and we've also seen day day, we've also so. seen a lot of episodic games coming come or coming to the Switch as full packages. Like yeah. we're gonna see uh, Kentucky Route Zero come yep. as all I'm one so thing. Excited all the Telltale yeah, stuff. All too, the Telltale stuff comes mm-hmm. at, at once, yeah. But yeah, d- don't sleep on this one. It actually looks really cool. I haven't played it yet either, but it has a terrible name, obviously. Um so the other big release that uh, I think most of us are still playing is Celeste. Oh, this, mm-hmm. I think you finished Before, it. Didn't you? I, I beat Celeste, but I'm still playing it. Okay. I've, I've are you doing like all the B sides? Thirty hours stuff? into the game, I'm doing the B sides. We're awesome. gonna get all the strawberries, yep. and uh, yep. we kind of have like this mini office tournament going. Uh, for uh, we're trying to speed run chapter one as fast as we can, and I think the current best time right now is a minute thirty. Wow. Yeah. I saw someone. Uh, speed run the entire game at like 43 minutes 40 minutes or 40 yeah minutes? yeah there's and it's been out for like a week and a half yeah that guy beat his own world record i think like twice in a row and i think he nailed like a minute 20 for chapter one. Oh my because god because they do this like really cool um like super jump that uh i'm actually not quite sure how you do it but it, it just lets you fly across yeah the tom it's- marks who was on the show last week uh was talking about this like hidden super jump that he mm-hmm. discovered and was talking about Talking about it to Dornbush, uh, who was also on the show last week to talk about Celeste. And the two of them talking about it, it was like the nerdiest thing I've ever seen. Like, oh my God, can you believe this jump? It was great. And you can bounce off the edge of spike strips and weird yeah. stuff like that, yeah. right? Oh, that's it's just like pixel perfect. Like, yeah. You can, you can, Tom recorded it by accident in his review. If you go to his review on IGN.com, yeah. there's a gif of him doing this super jump sort of by accident <laughs> and that's how he discovered it he's like it's it's such a perfect rhythm thing where it's as soon as you touch a wall you have to hit the jump button again and you'll bounce up higher i think what it is it's like Momentum. um yeah it's sort of like the wall jump mechanic but on a flat surface right is it yeah. intentional um it i believe be, right? i believe it is and i actually think the creator gave a speedrunner like a heads up that this existed oh, oh that's wow. so cool yeah, the game it was 
Celeste was based on like a, that that like Pico Eight, right? You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a super retroy um, game that already had a, a speedrunning community, so mm-hmm. they were ready for stuff like this. Yeah, if you want to see Pico Eight, is actually in Celeste. You we, can, you yeah, you can, yeah, you can find, find yeah. the original. Uh, we talked sort of at length about Celeste last week, and uh, you know, Tom was on talking about why he gave it a. a, a 10 out of 10 masterpiece score. And he and I had several long conversations leading up to the episode and his ultimate decision to give it a 10 where I was just, I couldn't really, I didn't really get why he was so adamant about it being, you know, this masterpiece score. Whoo, baby. I put yeah. a lot more time into it in this last week and I love that game. So I'm fully on yep. board with that, mm-hmm. that decision. Like it, it is, if you own a Switch, you owe it to yourself to play this game. It is fantastic. So, uh, and a lot of people uh, obviously believe that message because I've seen it at the number one bestseller position. Mm-hmm. Um, every day I check the, e- so the cool. eShop. Celeste is right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome to see this game and, you know, SteamWorld Dig too. Some of those games, uh, uh, really, I mean, it's really paying off for those devs to put yeah. day one on the Switch. Yeah, that's huge. Um, Super One More Jump also came out last week. You're playing that, right? Yeah, so yeah. I really dig this game. Um, it's a $7 sort of kind of puzzly platformer. And after playing Celeste, I was like, I'm really good on, <laughs> on, on like tough as nails platformers. But it does that really thing, a uh, really smart thing where it's sort of like getting through levels is easy. Getting all three coins is more difficult. Yep. What's really cool about this game is it has like, dozens of different character skins and also completely different graphic overlays. They worked with a bunch of artists from Twitter to redesign basically the entire layout of the game uh, and reskin it. So you can play in like very simplistic NES graphics or you can play in something that looks like um, like the walls in Super Castlevania or, or Abadox or something. Yeah, if you want to know what it looks like, we don't have any footage here, but it's like, uh, you know, the, the stages are more confined. Your character auto runs and you have to hit the jumps at the right times and, and it plays with graphics. Gravity, like you jump around yeah. the corner and you have to catch, uh, get these little coins on the way until you get to the exit. It's, yeah, it's really, it's one of those games where like dying is okay because you can instantly yep. retry, just like, like Celeste, Celeste. Yeah, but uh, even a little quicker. Like the levels are not as involved, at least in the beginning. I'm yeah, sure it, it almost feels like to as they get later, it feels like sort of memorizing roller coasters, but with some like mild Mario Odyssey physics, where yep. you'll jump and sort of swing through the air over the gravity and land on the other side and timing those jumps right uh is difficult but you also the levels can sort of loop so it doesn't really play like some like kind of cheap ios endless runner game yep. um i really dig this game seven bucks seriously it's like it's you, you it's you can't lose with this thing so they're there you know those have been some of the recent releases now this this week and even today as you're watching it a whole bunch of games came out we should probably warn you uh, of two like tennis actually came out last week as well right yeah um, you play that you don't like I'm gonna, that one? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say straight up right now this is the worst game i played on switch oh wow yeah, yeah tennis Jeez. tennis is trash okay so don't play tennis don't play tennis uh island flight simulator also came out that actually came out on wii u i think like 2016 oh also not a fantastic game i would stay away from that i, one. I was like this is going to be our pilot wings pair. so sometimes it's telling when in the e-shop something doesn't have a video <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it's like it looks a little bit like Pilot Wings, but it's, it's a very kind of limited and dated feeling flight sim and like Pilot sim. Wings. You don't do a lot of simmy stuff. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's I would stay away, uh, awake. But a bunch of things came out like uh, that are actually much better, including SteamWorld Dig One. Mm-hmm. So this came out, uh, you know, as you're watching it, it's out on the eShop. Everybody play SteamWorld Dig Two? Uh huh. No, I didn't. Oh, but... oh, you would love it. Yeah, yeah I know. Would. I know you guys oh, like it a lot. Yeah. 
So one yeah. is less good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, I mean, it's fair to say, right? Oh, of like, course. You, yeah. Fewer good. It's fewer good. Yeah. Uh, it obviously came out way uh, before then. It's, it's uh, a little bit less of a game. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a smaller game, but, um, if you love the second one, you're going to like this one too. Yeah. It's, I really like this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I haven't gone back to it after playing the last one, but I, yeah, this is just a really smart sort of take on the dig dug slash Metroidvania genres. And it's just really cool. And it's got these sort of mild RPG elements for like level up your weapons and stuff like that helps you go deeper and deeper and explore different areas um but yeah it's just a smaller more compact game than two is do yep. you, you know? need to play the first one and no. play the second no no, no yeah. there's no i've i've not played the first one yeah. and the second one was one of my top five yeah. games last so the year. second one essentially starts with the main character from this game is is missing mm. yeah and so you, that's the quest oh that's cool if yeah. you uh, if you played the second one and you 100 of it like i did and you felt like a little bummed out and you haven't played the first one just go back because it feels it feels Sort bucks. of like or, yeah, a map pack, or play Steamworld Heist, which is also very good. Yeah, very different game. Very, very Steamworld Heist, game. a little bit more like a Worms tactical game with mm-hmm. like aiming shots and ricocheting off True. bullets. Um, so I'm more action. Yeah. Both way, of those games are, I, I feel like great. Yeah, and apparently yeah. Image and cool. Form have a whole bunch of other games uh, coming to the yep. platform. So. I know I've I've plugged uh, these guys before, but uh, the Retronauts podcast had an interview with uh, oh, what's his name? I always butcher it from Image and Form. Brand? Brian Surrogate. Yeah, Brian Surrogate. Uh, Jan. Where yeah. he talks about the company's history, and yep. it is super fascinating. When you're done here, go listen to that episode. Um, it's just really interesting insight and in, like what it's like to be an indie developer. So, so Brian, we hope to have Brian on. NVC, hopefully during the game developers conference, he, he's, uh, you know, we've tried to make it happen a couple of times and just for like years out, now. But, yeah. but, uh, he's coming to San Francisco, uh, that week. So, you know, look forward to, to cool. hearing from him directly. Uh, Her Majesty Spiffing came out. It's like some weird, uh, adventure game. Yeah. With British humor. British humor. Yeah. I definitely I read this. It's, it's, it's hard to tell, like, what kind of game it is from the trailer. Right. Yeah. But, uh, it looks like it could be fun. I, I thought it was I, like that Oser insult simulator game. I keep getting those two confused. I definitely read this as Her Majesty's spliffing and thought that she had taken a trip to the nice. Arowana Mall. Yeah. There, nice. there are a couple, uh, there are a couple of game titles where you have to watch out that you pronounce them uh, correctly, including Shift Links. Don't mind the F. <laughs> Uh, that Shiftlings Enhanced uh, Enhanced Edition. That's actually it's a really nice looking uh, game from a Norwegian developer called uh, uh, Rock Pocket, uh, and you can play co op. So, you know, uh, it's got weird, strange rolling characters. Uh, you, you'd like it. Shiftlings. Yep. Take a look. Um, I'm looking forward to playing that one. Uh, it's not my pick of the week, uh, but I, I dig it. Skyforce Reloaded also came out. That's like a sci-fi shmup, like a, you know, shooter, 2D sci-fi game by Infinite Dreams. Dundara came out. Dundara looks really cool. I think yeah. it's going to be one to watch. Yeah, um, it's... Tom was playing. Tom Marks was playing this game, oh, yeah. and it's it's a Metroidvania that has this weird sort of like hook shot angle system. Yeah, where it's getting like, around the environment. It's like really like a bionic they're like kind of, but puzzles? very yeah, much more diagonal. I would mm. say. Yeah. Also, fun fact: um, the game is made by a Brazilian studio named Long Hat House. I think. Yeah. And, uh, the the character is actually based on a real like Afro Brazilian warrior who like Super fought cool. slavery. Yeah. Oh my so, god. There's, but but it's like a sci-fi game, right? Yeah. But but there's that historical context there, I guess. It's like a retelling. That's yeah. awesome. And it's got, you know, it it has the the very popular retro kind of styled graphics, mm-hmm. but uh has some really cool stuff happening with gravity. Yeah. Uh, and how you navigate through the environment. And that's the name of this game is Dendara, right? Dendara. Oh, okay. So, uh, look that up. It's it's just 12 bucks and it's uh, out on the 6th of February, so a little later than Totally going to check that out. Uh Frederick 2 Evil Strikes Back, 3D mini golf, The Men of y- Yoshiwara, Kikuya, Crypt of the Necrodancer, 
which is built as an RPG but is a rhythm game. That's yeah, right. Crypt of the Necro Dancer is like uh, it's like a turn-based roguelike, but you have to, you move to the rhythm. Yeah, and oh weird. Yeah, it has music by Danny Baranowski, who did the soundtracks for Super Meat Boy and oh, Binding God, of Isaac. Awesome. So the music is like great. So the so, first time I ever saw Crypt of the Necro Dancer was at ooh, maybe GDC. And I want to say they had it hooked up to it like a DDR pad. Yes. Yeah. yeah which I've was super cool. Yeah. So like yeah, I'm, really I'm cool. rattling these off. I mean, there, there's some gems hidden in here. ACA Neo Geo Samurai Shodown 2, Eternal Blade, Mad Carnage, which is like, uh, for five bucks is this weird isometric Mad Max. Mad uh, Carnage sounds like game. a white rapper. Yes. <laughs> Mad Carnage. It is a white rapper. Uh, uh, but, but it's like, but there's so much variety in the genres here. Not all of these, these games are amazing, but some, some good stuff coming out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into our, our next big topic here, uh, I, there was another February game that we left off the list that I want to make what sure that we point out. Owlboy. February 13th, Owlboy mm-hmm. is coming to Switch. Uh, uh, long-awaited Metroidvania. Uh, the man is an owl. Uh, it's also yeah, a boy. Yeah, yeah, you, that's right. you reviewed this first, I right? reviewed just... Owlboy, yeah. Uh, two years ago, actually, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was two years ago? Yeah. Did you say February 31st? This is like February a... 13th. Oh, I thought it was a leap year double dash. I, what I actually said was yeah. uh, February 13th, 28th. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, nice. So, <laughs> Chloe, tell us about Owlboy and like why why it would work on Switch. Um. I'll definitely be back on here probably to talk about that once sure, more yeah. people can play it. I'm, I'm, no, sorry, this is your only shot. Yeah, so let's have my one, my one shot. Okay. Um, ruined. It's, 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 I don't know. I, I give it such a high score. It's such a good game. It's been so long. Like I'm really excited to get back to it. And I'm really excited also for like more people to actually play it because I feel like you release a game just on PC and like, uh, yeah, like when it comes to indie games, everyone's going to play it if it comes to Switch now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just got like a really heartwarming story. Um, it's a, it's a very simple game. Like the action's not super complex. It's not super deep, but like, I think that actually makes it a better fit for the Switch. Right. You kind of like kick back and like enjoy, um, this sort of like light Metroidvania adventure. And um, is it, is it like pixel art? It's, pi- it's pixel art. Pixel. It is okay. so beautiful. Because yeah. I yeah. remember you playing and I'm getting like very warm flashbacks of seeing it. Because we sit right next to each other and occasionally yeah. I'll just peer over and be like, what's that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you'll get to like totally explain so good to and the music something that awesome. I need to be playing years so, from yeah. now. So Chloe Rad will return to talk mm-hmm. about Owlboy. Um, but our pick of the week uh, is actually a little game called Night in the Woods uh, out on the 1st of February. Woods. So by the time you uh, you watch this or listen to this. And, you know, it takes a great game to beat Steamroll Dig uh, for, for the top position of releases this week. Um, you did you review it? I did review Night in the Woods last you year did. when it came out on PC and consoles. Okay. But it is finally coming to Switch and I'm so excited. Um I've been playing it actually uh for the last 2 days and it it runs so well on the Switch. Like it's it's one of those games where I'm like this is like probably my ideal way to play it because oh, it's wow. like it's such a cozy feeling game in a lot of ways but <laughs> you just said f the cops I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like this picture in picture if you're watching a video version because it looks like a cartoon version of whoever's talking in the corner. Of, it's like two characters talking to each other. So, okay, so I, I want to get into. W- I don't yeah. get it. What is yeah. going on? So, uh, what I love about Night in the Woods is kind of like what surprised me about it the most. It's you expect something very different going into it. Mm-hmm. It's like a very cute looking game. Like you play this like cartoon cat girl. Everyone's like cute animals. Um, you get that like kind of young adult vibe from it, and there's a lot of like. I think the young adult genre has kind of found a home in like small, like narrative driven adventure games like this. But I and feel oxen like free and stuff. oxen yeah. free mm-hmm. and yeah, life is strange. And like, I don't want to hate on any one specific game, but like, I always feel like so much young adult fiction in games is like very superficial and kind mm. of like, 
they they, they want to get super deep with characters and they kind of like fail to do it in a way that really connects with me. Um, what you get with Night in the Woods is this like startlingly sad story about like personal and economic stagnation. Oh no. Um, it's actually, it's, it's, yeah, it's not just like a cute, quirky, you know, story about like a bunch of teens. It's like, um, it's a, you follow this like girl, uh, her name's May. She drops out of college. She comes back to her old, um, town called Possum Springs. It's sort of this like Midwestern, um, you grew up there. Possum Springs in the Midwest, my home. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this rural Midwestern town and it's like falling apart. Like business, you know, uh, stores are going out of business. Um, big corporations are taking over their like local grocery stores. Um, factories are shuttering and, uh, Everything's just kind of falling apart, well, and they do, they do like coming from a small town that has ex- like has been experiencing this kind of thing in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Like they do a really great job of explaining like why it's happening to this town mm-hmm. and like what it's doing to the people that have been there at you know were there when this town was like a prospering place, and yeah. now it's it's this sort of shell. Like, and I, right. I love this yeah. like dual story it sort of tells too, because it does follow May and her sort of personal journey. May is like a total jerk; like she is such an immature brat. She comes home. Um, you know, her, there's this one line, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's this one line where she just threw a total fit in front of a bunch of her friends and her friend kind of brings her home from this party that ended up being this big disaster. And, you know, she's like, you need to grow up, May. And May is like, I'm two months older than you. And she's like, yeah, well, you went off to college and stayed the same, you know, and I had to grow up. Like I had to stay here and grow up. All of her friends have jobs. And I, I love that they're able to like, paint this character that i just hated but also like related to so hard and like wanted to see grow you know that's awesome well, I think it's 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 so hard to do flawed characters like that and i think night in the woods just nails that and and it does again uh, what i was getting to earlier was like it does this dual story where uh it's like this tale of like a bunch of young adults trying to find themselves and and in this like it's very like these millennial anxieties, you know, it's very like relevant to now. And I think what's so um, cool is that it does have this like, sort of like wonderfully twee art direction. Mm-hmm. And you see so many things on Nintendo Switch that look sort of like these charming retro mm-hmm. puzzle platformers. And this one just gets right. Like it just kind of guts you differently than yeah. the other ones ever will. And that's why it's so startling too. When like in the backdrop of, you know, May's adventures, um, you'll pass like a group of adults being like, how do we, how do we get businesses to come back here? Like, what do we do? And there's this kind of like every day you come into the town and there's this one character standing outside this like call center. Who's like, I need to quit. Like I can't, you know, keep like crying in the back room every day. Like my, this job sucks and it's, it's gutting me and I, I I need to move on. And I don't know. It's just, it's very raw and it's not what you would expect from a game that looks this cute. So is is the gameplay, it's mostly uh, exploration and talking to characters? Yeah. So it's like, uh, it actually is a little more open-ended than most people would think looking at it because games like this get that whole walking sim, um, you know, label, which I hate. But um, yeah, you go out every day and you kind of have your routine. You get to decide like who you want to spend time with. what like side stories you want to take on um there's a time limit like in a persona game or there's something? there's actually no time limit okay it's mostly just like uh these sort of you, there's like a handful of events that you can do at on any given day and it's mm-hmm. just kind of um yep. you finding those and then you actually doing them and then from there like once you do one thing for the day like if you hang out with your friend greg at the you know his snack place he works at um or like you go to dinner with your friend b then uh after that it's like the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah and it's um right. yeah there's a central mystery also. There's some kind of supernatural stuff, some crimey stuff. Crimey. Um, crimey, yeah, there's a lot of crimes. It's a good game. And it's 20 bucks, right? Uh, 
Good question. It's twenty bucks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Everyone. And it's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, the game is about. Um, That's the central mystery that Chloe was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 How much is this game? Uh-huh. Um, and it's about ten bucks. to twenty hours long, depending on how much you want to do. Oh, wow. oh really? Um, and in December. Also, they added this like big free content update that the Switch version comes packaged with. Oh, nice. So um, there's just, just more characters, more things to do. And they added the two standalone games the developers released before the game came out. So you're getting a lot a on lot the Switch. Oh, that Very cool. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to this one. So, uh, yeah, that's that's out. So yeah, thanks, Chloe. The moment we're that done rolls. with this, we can start downloading. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for the overview. I mean, just, again, like... Uh, I always go into the week thinking, oh, there's nothing, nothing coming out, and then you take a you take a look at the eShop and you're like, oh god, that's out. Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? Uh, and I, actually, Nintendo keeps on adding titles too. Like if you look at the uh, the the Switch, uh, the website that they have up, it shows you upcoming right. games, and there'll be like six, and then a week later, suddenly like there's 12. like twelve. Yeah. And their press release uh, blast, which you should sign up for, because it comes every Thursday morning. Um, I believe it's like six or seven a.m. Pacific time here. Yep. Um, it's like a cool thing to wake up to on Thursday morning because it's just like, oh, here's twenty things I didn't know were happening yeah. today. So much week. stuff. Uh, so before we uh, bid you farewell, I wanted to uh, get to some of the uh, to at least one of our question block questions this week. Uh, this one is from Monty. Uh, Monty says, "What's up, NVC crew? Monty here, longtime fan, first time writing in during the Mucin era." That's Philip Mucin. Do we have any yeah. photos of Philip that we can show? Do yeah, we have anything? Going I'm, I'm going to keep on reading while we do that. Uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the future of 2D Zelda on Switch. Of course, I'm dying to play whatever Nintendo's follow-up to Breath of the Wild is, whether it be a smaller Majora's Mask-style adventure using the Breath of the Wild engine or something entirely new. That said, I don't want to see 2D Zeldas go away. A Link Between Worlds was one of my favorite Zelda games since Wind Waker, and I'm equally excited to play another 2D Zelda in that fashion. So he goes on to, uh, you know, ask about whether it's difficult because Nintendo can't uh, justify a $60 price tag when they bring a game to uh, like this to Switch. But what do you guys think? Do you think do you think Nintendo has put down their stake that Switch will have these kind of Breath of the Wild style 3D games, or do you think they will truly merge the 3DS franchise into it and we'll get some 2D games? I, I think we'll get both. Yeah? yeah, definitely. I mean, I was looking, I was throwing through it here. We don't have the numbers for it, but I know that um, Link Between Worlds sold very well. It's yep. it's one of the better, one of the best selling games on 3DS. Um, and they did bundles, they did price drops. It's part yeah, of their it's like only twenty bucks. Yeah, it's part of their whole like selects line or whatever it's called, they're calling it these days. Um, and that game was wonderful. So I think there's still opportunity for that. Um, you know, in the same way we got Mario Maker after 3D World and, you know, mm-hmm. Galaxies and all that kind of stuff. I think there's still room for it. And I think it's a nice way to hold people over into the next big 3D one. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of have a tendency to disagree. I don't know that we'll see another 2D Zelda game. I think now that, that, that the Switch is sort of the primary focus or, or probably will be in the coming year mm-hmm. i feel like it, it nintendo might be hard pressed to to divvy up those teams to create different types of zelda adventures you know but then again we also got a 2d metroid last year so i, I actually think i i actually think you're guaranteed one because of the online plan i think well, four swords no i like thinking about it right like if they are releasing a monthly online focused game as part of nintendo switch online four swords oh for sure yeah, right? yeah like, that'd be pretty that, good. that'd be pretty easy to port over All right, from, i'm gonna walk that back yeah, and from yeah. the GameCube. No, like I was thinking about it too. Like maybe it is the end of kind of like the 3DS era, like 2D Zelda games. But like Four Swords came out on a console before. It was kind of hard to play at first, right? Remember the GBA hookups and all of that. But um, that'd be a really good online multiplayer game, especially if you can finally chat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you are you are the foremost expert on the Legend of Zelda oh, franchise yeah. in the uh, building. Played every one. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just t- kidding. T- love that. So, I have, so, I have, tell uh, the people how Oh, Zach knows. Zach knows. I, Much I, to my chagrin. I have not really played a Zelda game. Wow. That's true. Um, I'm, I'm, that's bold of you to, to come on this show on your first episode yeah. and be like, yeah, what's up? Hey, this- Nintendo fans. I <laughs> I'm just didn't like grow you. up with a Nintendo console. I yeah. grew up with a Sega Genesis. Did, but you, it's- did you play Breath of the Wild? Uh, I did play a bit of Breath of the Wild. Okay. Yep. So okay. um, uh, has like the franchise interest you as somebody like from the outside looking in? Like, Do you have plans to go back to them ever? I mean, I think Majora's Mask is a really fascinating game, and I would oh, love to really cool. sit through and play that mm-hmm. start to finish. But I just I don't know. Like I don't have that connection to it. Yeah. And it's really fun being in an office full of people who love love Zelda because I just don't have that. But it's really fun to see people like you know like everybody um, geeking out about Breath of the Wild last year was great. Yep. And I definitely want to get back to it. Um, open world games lately, I don't have the patience for them, and I think that's kind of what. Mm. Uh, I this think, is, I mean, this is the exception in the in the series, right? right. The other titles like right. are either much more story focused yeah. or much more kind of like uh, uh, linear. They they still have open worlds, but much more linear yeah. in and their Breath, storytelling. I mean, that's not to Breath of the Wild does its open world like fantastically. Right. I yeah. just need to you know sit down and actually have a spare two hundred hours to sink into mm-hmm. it, which I don't. I think but. I think like. I'm not sure like what should be your first. It'd be cool to do a video series on that or yeah, like your first outside of Breath of the Wild. Um, cause like I really love Link's Awakening because it's got an open feel to it, but it's sort of, um, it is much more intimate, but also Link to the Past does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, I feel like we're getting away from the original question, but yeah, I also vote Sorry. for Link to the Past. And Sorry, Monty. Fault. No, yeah. it's not yeah. your fault. Like we, I, this is how this show goes, but Link- yeah, I think Link to the Past is the right one. Well, I mean, the other option is like if Nintendo goes back to the, um, the BS Zelda days, um, if you don't know hey, what that is. No, no Zelda games it's, are BS. <laughs> you take that back. BS Wanda in Gamble Japan stood for broadcast true. satellite <laughs> and Nintendo had a, a service, uh, called the Satellaview mm-hmm. where they would deliver content to the Super NES over the airwaves, over over satellite. We did a um, let's play of it here last year. Yeah. yeah, with uh, Frank Cifaldi. And, yeah, that was. And so was what they time. did is they actually had a narrator while you're playing it, and they would do these events where like everybody had 30 minutes to do something in mm. the game. So they could be bringing back really that weird. 2D Zelda stuff. That'd be so cool. So man. like this franchise has always existed as 2D and 3D in synchronicity, yeah. and I don't ever really see that going away. Honestly, like I, I think there will always be room for both because the the thing is like people like you know at a certain age have a nostalgia for the 2D version of the game in the same way that people have nostalgia for 3D versions. Especially if the next, if Breath of the Wild 2, whatever it's called, follows that open world kind of setup where it's Mm -hmm. more kind of exploration over story and and item development or whatever, uh, item gates, then actually there is a lot of room for a 2D game, like more in the traditional vein. I I think that's Look how well 16-bit games are selling on Switch right now. Like people Look at Blossom Tales, games that are like that. Exactly. I mean, people are starved for something like that. So I I think there's room for it. Awesome. Well, um, you know, I think that does it for this week's uh, NVC. What Mm -hmm. do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Can we get out of here? Uh, So much news. (laughs) Uh, let's hope that next week will actually let us catch our breath a little bit because I'm completely behind on even finishing Celeste. Um, and I want to get to playing some of these other games. Definitely going to get Night in the Woods and play that as well. One last thing about Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should, uh, I should have prefaced everything I said with, uh, the fact that it is a genuinely funny game. Okay. Oh, so, no. I thought you were going to say spoiler alert. No. So, no, no, no. Yeah. You're not going to go in, uh, you know, I mean, you, you will probably cry, but you will laugh a lot too. Good. Okay. So. That's awesome. Please play Night in the Woods. Uh, Chloe, when you're not on NVC, uh, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at underscore Chloe. That's C-H-L-O-I. And if you want any advice on indie games, she uh, also pens a monthly feature on kind of games yes. you miss. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, the first one of the year went up yesterday. Nice. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Where can people find Brian Altano? Um, at Agent Bizzle. You can also find me on Podcast Beyond, Up at Noon, a bunch of other stuff. I'm on the shows. Yep. Uh, and I'm at ZacharyasD on Twitter, and I'm here on NBC just about every week. And I'm Pear Ijan on Twitter, and next week uh, we'll have, have uh, Philip Mewson back. You may have seen him Does on the show he? a couple of times. Do we, like, do we have a picture of him? Do we have a picture of Philip Mewson, just in case people don't know who that is? Hmm. Every time you ask, yeah. it's like a full it's like yeah. a full 40 seconds, and then, then we get there. Ah, yeah. like, ah, there he is. There Very he good. Is, right in the so motorcycle. come back next oh, week God. for many more topics uh, on Nintendo, everything you love, and the wonderful Philip Mewson. See you then. Goodbye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.